Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646 716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome everybody. Merry Christmas. It's December 20th and we're on Christmas week. We're so glad that you're here listening to us and uh, sharing and allowing us to share with you all that's going on in the industry. That's our passion. We love doing this. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, although we certainly are getting a lot more than just mortgage professionals listening. But we're so grateful to have you as our listener. No matter what part of the industry you work in or work on, whether you're, <coughs> they say, friend or foe, um, we are excited to have you here, and our audience is growing. We've blown up yet another server. You've been to the Lickin' on Lending website. You'll notice we've been struggling with some things lately. It's been down for – it was down there for almost a week, and it's because of just the amount of growth and finding the right server and the right technology matchup. So anyway, apologize for those of you who are looking for that, and, uh, but that's some of the things going on. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format, I might add in 2020, in do so in excellence that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. So, so thrilled to have the whole team on today, and we've got a lot to talk about. We've got, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still overcoming the lingering effects of COVID, folks, and that's a lingering cough here. So you'll just hear me hacking away. I just have to deal with it. Hopefully, Nikki can add out as much of it when we re-upload this. But anyway, hot topic segment today. We have Ben Turlink, who is here, who is CEO, founder uh, of Mobility MMI and Mobility RE. Here, here, we're going to hear him talk about uh, some of the latest trends that he is seeing uh, with data and how LOs and originators are using his technology to more effectively connect with the purchase side of the business. And man, Damn, we're going to be all ears to that during the hot topic. So looking forward to having Ben on in just a little bit. Pleased to have him as a sponsor. More pleased to have him as a friend. And very excited to have him here joining us on the hot topic. Hey, if you haven't listened to the Industry Syndicate, I encourage you to go out and do so. Industrysyndicate.com. Got a list of a whole bunch of podcasts related to the mortgage industry and real estate industry. A lot of them are sales. Check them out. Be sure to do so. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We're so blessed and honored to have our relationship with them. You're going to hear an update here from Rob Van Rapphorst in just a minute, as well as Finaster, one of the longstanding advertisers we've had for many, many years. Love the partnership with them. Check out their mortgage bot solution. Receive, manage, store, retrieve, deliver loan files and electronic documents completely paperless in the paperless environment. Go back and listen to Karen Jenkins, the podcast we did on October 4th. Karen has got a great roadmap of where they're going with their technology. And when you have the number one fintech company in the world, Saying and publishing on a podcast where they're going, that's valuable information. Take a look, listen to it. I think it'll help you a lot. I love how transparent she was. Really love the company. All right. Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative, we're proud to be partnered with and have them both as sponsors. 
Great, two great co-ops. We belong to both of them. I encourage you to check out membership with all of them, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America. Also, Incelerate, where the leading edge technology of mortgage expertise is with and combined with pre-designed campaigns come together <coughs> to enhance the borrower engagement. Then our friends at Knowledge Coop, Ken Perry, and the team, they do a great job with their LMS or learning management system. And we've got how about this? Mobility MMI. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor and Ben as a guest. Also, we have Modex. I think these two companies really are a complement to each other. They're technically competitors. They kind of work in the same space. But I got to tell you, the, I, I love both of the companies. I love both of the management teams of both these companies. And, and I'm talking about Mobility and Modex. The, and the Larsons are just a great company. And the Turlings, the Turling family. It's the father-son team at at Mobility, it's a father-son team at Modex. I encourage you to check out both of these companies. More and more of our clients are signing up with both of them because they see how the data complements each other. I encourage you to check out. Also, SnapDocs. What I tell you, love what SnapDocs are doing. They're taking over the world when it comes to everything e-mortgage technology. You've got to check out the SnapDocs e-mortgage quick start program and all of the technology they're building. And then recently we added the success kit. Now what success kit does is helping tell your story. Let another man's mouth speak your story, not that of your own. So what success kit is about helping you successfully get your customers to tell uh, and testify or give good testimony or references for you. Also, finally, Lender Toolkit, Lender Toolkit, LTK. Love my friend Brent Emler there. We interviewed him on November 29th. Check out that interview. Also, finally, a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack Nunnery, our newest addition to the, to the podcast. So good to have you here. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? <laughs> I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, President Biden announced his intention to nominate Sondra Thompson to be the next director of the FHFA. MBA quickly released a statement applauding the White House and calling for a quick confirmation process. Since assuming the position of acting director last June, Thompson has addressed several top-line issues pertinent to our industry, including reversing the adverse market refinance fee, calling for the continuation of pandemic-related flexibilities, and overseeing the GSE's mission of creating equitable and sustainable solutions for affordable housing and rental opportunities. And before I go, I want to remind everyone to register for MBA's Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference, happening January 24th through the 27th in Nashville, Tennessee. You can find out more information at mba.org slash conferences. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Appreciate the partnership with the MBA and appreciate the information we've been for each week. Rob, that, sends it out. He's a busy guy, so we really appreciate him doing that. Also, be sure to register for, for the conference. Um, I'll be there. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our friends there. Also, I want to uh, say sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Definitely do that. Have your voice heard on the Hill. A um, lot, lot more going on. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets as well as a music parody. What do you have for us this week, Mr. Parker? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Inflation got to let us know. 
Will it stay or will it go? If bonds say inflation's fine, the rates stay till the end of time. Around the world, central banks move with the Fed towards less quantitative easing and outright rate hikes. Tax, borrow, and spend yells at the peaking growth as inflation momentum turns down. The bond bulls like it a lot, but not mortgages. So with the 10-year yield near the middle of its 2021 range, which yield will we see first? 161 or 121? Listening to the screams of inflation and growth. Should bonds cool it? Should they blow? These views are my own. Understand the screams at tmspotlight.com. I love that. Good job, Gary Cantrabona, Les Parker, teaming up again for that. But where was the Christmas music last? My gosh, we expect some Christmas music on this fine holiday, but that was really good. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Les. Sign up for TM Spotlight and subscribe for the paid version for free by putting the word power in there. So, Mad Graham, what's your commentary on a non, uh, not Christmas sound segment there with uh, Les, and but more importantly his uh, his uh, thoughts on the markets i'm going to give uh, i'm going to give less a pass today on the no christmas music because he was obviously feeling it that time you know yeah. i think he really brought his a game he did and uh, and i for one will probably play that on repeat uh, later tonight over dinner and and maybe dancing with the wife who knows who knows um, yeah. <laughs> But the the underlying content is right on, and it overlaps a lot with uh, what I'm about to talk about, and definitely central banks were in focus last week, and it was really actually impressive to see how well bonds ultimately did, Mm -hmm. and uh, there are a few reasons for that we'll discuss. First off, uh, PPI surge, producer price index, it's not the hugest market mover in terms of inflation reports, but it's another sign of the times. Uh, with these, you know, highest inflation readings in roughly 30 years, depending on which one you're looking at. Um, Weaker retail sales, not much of a market mover. Strong housing starts and builder confidence. That's great for the industry. Also not much of a market mover. Markets were keyed in on the Fed on Wednesday afternoon and then the uh, European Central Bank and Bank of England. I think Norway hiked rates as well, but nobody really cares. Uh, So the big focus was on the Fed Wednesday afternoon. So we talked last week about the high likelihood that the Fed was going to accelerate tapering. Indeed, they did. There was a little bit of um, not disagreement, but there was a small chance that they may have accelerated at only a 50 percent pace. uh, But it was likely they were going to double it. And that's what they did. So. uh, with that revelation finally being on the table, it was worth a little bit of weakness for the bond market. I think the bond market was uh, more properly reacting to the dots, the dot plot. And that just refers to uh, the visual format with which the Fed conveys the rate hike forecast or the rate outlook. So every Fed member gets a vote. They say where they think rates are going to be at the end of you know, 2023, four, and then longer term. And um, 2022, for that matter, as well. And it was a a very obvious shift, a a migration, an exodus from indecision around a zero to being a quarter point hike in 2022 to the median Fed member now seeing three hikes in 2022 
And that's a big shift. And it definitely affected the bond market, but not in completely logical ways on the shape of the yield curve. Um, and also not for very long. Bonds actually managed to rally the next day, even after the Bank of England came out with a surprise rate hike. It wasn't a surprise to everybody, but I think the consensus was that they were probably going to hold off, and they ended mm-hmm. up not holding off. And then the European Central Bank, it wasn't as unequivocally hawkish as the Fed or the BOE, but it wasn't dovish either. So really no huge bond-friendly anecdotes from any of the central bank announcements. But what we did have was a, a week, a, a week's worth of news cycle regarding COVID concerns, Omicron concerns, Omicron uncertainty, uh, the Fed saying this is still the biggest uh, uncertainty that we're facing. And that pushed back and rates ended up, you know, going out at the end of the week at the lowest levels other than one other day in the past three months. So impressive, impressive to be at 1.4, 1.3 plus, uh, given the state of inflation, given the state of central bank tightening. And that is uh, a pure reflection of COVID concerns and the resulting fallout on the economy, whatever it may be. Could be a little bit of a motivator last week and something to keep an eye out for this week. It's just the weird nature of holiday week trading, especially, uh, especially in mid-December. People start to tune out. There can be big positional shifts that have very little to do with things that are actually going on in uh, the market on a day-to-day basis. And we did see you know, uh, some evidence of asset allocation trading with money moving either out of the market altogether or shifting between stocks and bonds. This week, important to keep in mind, it is a little bit atypical for a holiday-shortened week because the holiday itself is on Saturday, but we're going to get a full day off on Friday. Well, you, you might not, but the market is, the bond market anyway, yep. and uh, then a half day on Thursday. That means that it's essentially a three-day week, and because it's a three-day week in December, it means that it's sort of a no-day week from a, a trading standpoint. Yes, bonds will trade, but not with the same sort of uh, conviction or liquidity or volume that they otherwise would. That greases the skids for a little bit more random volatility. All of the data is condensed on Wednesday morning. None of it is extreme in terms of market movement potential. So realistically, we're looking at the first part of January before we get a clean read on the collective conscience of uh, conscious of bond traders. And uh, even then, even when we get back into the office, it's still going to have everything to do with COVID and its economic yeah. impacts. And everybody's yeah. just waiting for that to clear up. Yeah, I can't wait for it to clear up in my own body. Uh, Jack Nunnery, come yeah, on no in kidding. with some Tom yeah. Monterey. Well, you know, I, I think Matt's spot on. I mean, you know, we've got uh, three drivers out on? there. Oh, my gosh. That's, I mean, uh, yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. You've got three drivers out there right now. Uh, you know, COVID and Omicron, um, you know, concerns. They're weighing uh, on the equity market today. Uh, you know, inflation, uh, you know, we did hit the highest point. I think it was, what, 7.7%, yes. Matt, something like that, right? Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, then – you know, the messaging by the uh, Fed that we, uh, you know, should expect or could expect 
uh, uh, three rate hikes in in 2022. So, you know, that helps me, uh, you know, kind of optically get behind, you know, know, a 4% interest rate some point Mm -hmm. in in 2022. Um, You know, so... Uh, you know, strong housing starts, you know, but now we're going to have issues around affordability weigh in, uh, uh, you know, the inventory, you know, I mean, we need strong housing starts. I mean, inventory uh, is down approximately 21% linked year uh, out there in the marketplace. So, you know, just a kind of a mad scramble here at the end of the year, David. Yep. It's going to be kind of interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, and then and then Les Parker's commentary out there, uh, which I really appreciate, Alice coming to next, uh, is the thought she brought out. She said how accurate Les has been over over this over the years on the on the interest rate prognostication. So uh, begin getting feedback from Les. But anyway, good commentary. Hey, Dave, uh, yeah, I'd like to put in one quick plug. Uh, uh, for the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference uh, that's yeah. coming up in January. Uh, yeah. You know, guys, if you conference, mm-hmm. let me just tell you, Nashville is uh, just an incredible venue for a conference. So, yes. uh, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of good collaboration takes place at the IMB trade show. Uh, and I think they, uh, you know, got it in an excellent venue. I've been to that show in Nashville. Uh, it's worth making a trip. It is. It is. It is for sure. Excellent. Very good. Um, great job, Matt. Uh, Les Parker paid you a compliment to me. Uh, big compliment. He says, I really like Matt. I'm so glad he's a part of this podcast. So he must have gotten that check I sent him. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, endorsement. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, you do an awesome job. Great for you being a part of it. I appreciate Very that. High praise. You. High praise. Uh, you are awesome. And I thank you for all that you bring and the rich information you provide. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Our, thank you, Dave. Our, you bet, bud. Let's get over to Alice Alvey, who is a CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's legislative update. Alice. Hi, Dave. Hi, hi, everybody. Well, you know, I have to agree with uh, the comments about Les's segment. He did sound like he was actually trying to carry a note in there with that song. So I bet you don't know what that was. Uh, that was great. Uh, so for my update, you know, since Congress really isn't doing a whole heck of a lot right now, thank goodness, because we like when they leave us alone. I yes. just want to give everybody an update. I thought between this week and next week, I'll bring forward some of the deadlines that are coming up January oh, in the good. beginning of January. It's a real common time of year to go, oh, my gosh, am I ready for this new uh, regulation or Fannie Mae, Fann- Freddie Mac policy? And one of the big ones this year is the condo changes. So in light of the catastrophe that happened uh, with the Florida condo project, Fannie's lender letter 2114 that they published back in October mm-hmm. Um, everybody's got to remember that effective was delivered, right? So stuff that you're uh, closing now has to be in compliance with their new condo requirements. And so hopefully when you got the lender letter, you jumped on it, you analyzed your pipeline, and you really took a good close look at those Fannie versus Freddie loans and are setting yourself up for if you don't have all the new information that they want on these condo projects, 
uh, for anything that's uh, deferred maintenance mm-hmm. at all. There's a, there's a lot of certifications that uh, folks have to make sure that they have in here. And as you read the memo, I can see there's going to be some lenders who go, well, I'm just going to take what the appraiser says. And, you know, Fannie's going to tell you that's not the best practice. And mm-hmm. uh, having seen companies go through MORA audits, uh, you can watch how comp- uh, the agencies, when they do come out and audit, do expect that you've really done some due diligence. So, I encourage uh, lenders out there to make sure that you're really aware of all the details that have to be pulled into the loan files, effective for all your Fannie loans that are being delivered, actually closed now, essentially, and probably closed over the last couple weeks uh, if you're going to be delivering them after January 1st. Um, If you've got loans that you can mark to Freddie Mac, you'll have a little bit of an easier time because they're not implementing the condo changes until February 28th. You know, but if you've got a PIW under Fannie, that's not going to work for Freddie. Uh, you've got to rerun those loans under LP, and obviously we know how uh, sometimes things can change. So hopefully lenders have got that uh, un- organized well and are ready to handle the new condo changes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to send uh, is let everybody know that, Dave, I'm sending a link that will be available on your website. That's a nifty little chart that the CFPB has made to determine if a transaction has to go on your HUMDA report. This ah, is sometimes one of the toughest things to identify. Yeah. And they redid their typical chart, and it's now more interactive, easier to identify if you end up in the no, I don't have to report that loan bucket, especially for our listeners who are from the community bank sector or small lender, and you may not know if you hit that threshold or you're doing a lot of correspondent, making maybe not making a lot of your own underwriting decisions, uh, this little uh, interactive tool is pretty helpful. So that will be available on your website. Good. That's good. And that's all I've got. That's all. That's all. My gosh, not feeling cheated at all. There's a lot of great information there, Alice. As always, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, and merry, merry Christmas to you. <clears throat> all right, let's get over to Alan Pollock. He is here, and uh, glad to have you here, Alan. And uh, you've got the tech update. But first, I want to talk. There has been a our Look at our Lending website was um, under siege and went down and. Uh, Amazon was down. There's a number of websites been going down. Alan, could you give us like a little insight to what the heck is going on with all the technology issues lately? Well, they're, they're unrelated. Uh, you know, the Amazon outage um, was something quite large, and it's something that affected so much of the industry, but it only affected one part of the country. So um, you actually had the ability, so they're East Coast systems. If you have redundancy built into Amazon, you want to check with your vendors to make sure they do, uh, you would have been okay. Um, Redundancy just means that you have systems and services running in a different location than the East Coast systems, speaking in Amazon terms because their systems are East Coast and West Coast. Uh, But if if your vendors or you use your own data centers uh, for your own things, you want to have multiple data centers. But ultimately, um, there's so many things involved in these types of outages, David. They they weren't based on a hacker. Um, they're based on just, you know, technology. The in- increasing usage of technology um, and, and the types of technology. You know, AWS, as one example, continues as a land grab, just like Amazon, right? They started with books, and now you can yep. get new car seats for your for your automobile, right? Amazon, AWS now has every type of technology that you can think of that is cloud-based they continue to add more 
They continue to acquire companies. So it adds to a lot of complexity, and at times those kind of things um, can have outages. But you do the best to support your system so they don't, they're not affected. Yeah, good. Yeah, great point. Yeah, there, there is, by the way, a lot of hacking and hackers and things like that going on. There's even websites that you can go to where you can type in your email address, and it'll tell you if you, your email has ever been part of a security breach. And there's, if not a billion different security breaches in there that it scans instantly for your information. Um, yeah. We could talk about that next week. But this week, David, um, two things. One, I wanted to make sure that we touched on, because I, I left it really quick at the end of the segment, the Moscow method. So yep. this is the year for the health check, right? You're, you're having a sway or a shift in the types of business or volume that you have. Uh, you, you staffed up. You have a lot of people. You may have taken on extra technology endeavors, or you put them on pause and you're about to restart them. You want to look at the Moscow method. It is four identifiers that you can add to your spreadsheet of items mm -hmm. or your whiteboard or your stickies. It is a must-have, meaning you must have this. You need to work on it. You need to set a date. You need to put some sponsorship behind it and move it forward. You should have it, meaning you should have it. It's okay if you may not get to it right away. You're definitely going to do it. You may not know when. Could have. These are things that need more detail, right? You're not sure if you're going to do them. You're not sure the cost. You're not sure the impact. They need more research. You, you know you can do it. That's why they're called we could do it. So, so far we have must have, should have, could have. And the last one, David, is won't have. We're not going to do this. It's not going to impact our business. It's going to take more resource than we have, or it's going to cost more money, or it's just something we're not focused on this year. We have too many must-haves. So those are the four ways to slice up your spreadsheet yep. of work, and you want to check that out. It's real simple, Moscow method. Uh, yep. Then, David, in the news, I was taking a look at some of the other cool stuff going on. This is a pretty interesting um, article. It was five tech trends for 2022 from Bankrate. All right, and they said this year is ending and starting the fresh year into cash buyers, I buyers, which are instant buyers, for those of you that aren't mm -hmm. sure of that term. Appraisals are going virtual. We're trying to get to a faster yes for consumers. And then they're saying not yet for blockchain. That was their number five. And get really? this, what they're saying is the, the, the real estate, and they kind of broke it, David, and said real estate and mortgage. And, they, and I, a lot of people are doing that. They're calling it real tech, right? But what they said is that the industry is focused on more mundane tasks, such as showing a few days, such as just late shaving off a few days from the mortgage closing timeline. Now, haven't we been talking about this for years? I did a little more research, and Fannie always has these great charts and information. Anyways, I found McKinsey and company, and they've got fantastic analytics and data. And, and when they put something out there, they really put their, their brain power behind it. Yes, they so do. they just put this out, and I thought this was interesting. It's a full article. You can just Google it. Um, you could just Google McKinsey mortgage operating times or mortgage closing times. But they're still stating, right, and if we were, go back a couple of years, Fannie's been saying the same thing. McKinsey is stating that it's about $9,000 on average, the cost of a loan, which doesn't really seem far off. We haven't really shaved much to that, right? If anything, we've added because of all the tech solutions and everything we're looking to do. It's still – 45 days or greater on average to close a loan. Um, due to low processor and underwriter productivity levels, so technology has not yet made enough of an impact, it still takes 10 to 14 mortgages 
per employee per month is all an underwriter can do. All right? And then they're saying every file has five touches per person. Uh. So when we think about that Moscow method and our technology spend, maybe we're trying to pay for something that doesn't exist, right, as a lender. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're trying to put a bunch of technology together. We're putting the cart before the horse, and we need to get our process in place first and understand the team together what we need prior to spending money and adding technology because that's increasing the cost per loan, and it could be causing more touches because where you thought you were efficient, you no longer Mm -hmm. are efficient. Yep. And then, of course, David, they're saying the very last thing is um, 30 to 40% consumer satisfaction score differentiator between best-in-class mortgage industry. So basically they spoke to people across different segments of using different kinds of lenders, bank, non-bank, et cetera, and they found that there's a large sway between customer satisfaction. So that what it means is we're all trying to rush and have the best solution. We're trying to keep up with the technology-enabled market. We're trying to, you know, hold on to referral business. We're doing all these great things and be profitable, and we're, we're definitely not there yet with expectation of the consumer, what they think they want and what we're giving them. So pretty interesting. Um, and then, you know, David, there's so much to talk about. Next week, I want to do a year in review. We'll talk some cool stuff there. I want to just mention the pursuit of happiness, right? And are we using our data analytics to get to the pursuit of happiness? And then the final, the last thing is what to do in the event of a data breach. So as we close off the year next week, we'll talk about those topics. Data breaches are a big deal. If your technology provider reaches out to you and says there has been a data breach, what do you do? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Yep, yep. And I think that's such an important topic, especially when you look at what was rolled out by the FTC. And uh, and this is one of those things that Alice is going to let you know. We get, we all this is really a crossover between uh, your area, uh, Alan, and, and talking about technology and the regulations because the Federal Register they published on the Federal Trade Commission published on December 9th the safeguarding customer information standards for safeguarding. They finally published it, and mortgage bankers are included in this. And we really need to focus on this because, folks, there's going, to be some, there's going to be some teeth in this one if we do not pay attention to it. So I encourage you to do so. Uh, we're going to put a link. I'll have Nikki put a link to this, uh, the standards, the Federal Register, uh, now that they've been published. And to be aware of it, it is a big time, big time. And I, I got this feeling many, other than our listeners or podcast, <coughs> are not aware of this. So anyway. Good job, yeah. Alan. Look forward to get more insights into all of this. Merry and, Christmas uh, to David, you, your family, the rest of our um, co-hosts here, and uh, our listeners. Yeah, it's uh, a Merry Christmas to you, Alan, to our whole team. Uh, I really appreciate you all and your rich contribution to this podcast. We get so our, our, the listenership is just exploding, continues to grow, just crazy. So much so that we're struggling to keep a file file. Get get our, a good server underneath us that stays up and running. So anyway, all right. That ends this week's weekly mortgage update. For those of you listening uh, live, you just stay right here. We're going to move right into the Hot Topic segment with Ben Turley. For those of you listening on the downloaded basis, just move on to the next episode. Now, I'm noticing some things about when they're bringing our website up, website up that the, to the Hot Topic segment, just that piece of the segment, <coughs> has to be accessed now th- only through the uh, menu item under Shows. 
uh, and you could go up there and see all the information. They're bringing back uh, all their data, and there's some things that just still not there. We're, we're kind of getting that up. But anyway, look for it there. But we're really grateful to have you here as our listener. So let's move into the Hot Topic segment. Welcome to the Licking on Lending Hot Topic segment, where we're going to be talking today to Ben Turlink, who is CEO, founder of Mobility MMI and Mobility RE. And we're going to talk to him today on the program about some trends. I've asked him for specific information that he's seeing in trends with the data and how LOs and originators are using his particular technology to more effectively connect with the purchase side of the market. Anyone interested in that? Is that a hot topic or what? How timely. Ben, good to have you here, friend. Really appreciate it. Let's see if we have your microphone on. That would help if we did that. Ah, there we go. Ben Turling. There we go. Uh, there we go. Golly, sorry about that. <laughs> I had this federal no, registry information up that we were talking on uh, earlier on the regular on the previous part part of the podcast. And we're talking about that. I had that up over the thing. I go, oh, I'm so sorry, Ben. Anyway, Ruth, introduce you, and then don't turn on your mic. That's rude of us. But you're a friend, and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm so grateful for your sponsorship of the podcast and I'm really interested in you sharing the information today. So let's get into it if you're ready and you're up there. And I was talking to him last week and we were on a Zoom call. I mean, out the back windows of his office were the Salt Lake Mountains, uh, the mountains up, up above Salt Lake and all the fresh drown snow. My, somewhere my skis were rattling somewhere going, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Anyway, good, good to have you here, man. Hey, great to be here, David. And uh, right, it's uh, we got a whole bunch of that snow, and uh, <laughs> tried it yeah. out this weekend. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, when looking at the market, we're definitely seeing the loan originators' percentage of refinance flip flop in 2020 into 2021, and what we're moving into 2022. So, really, want to get first of all start off by getting your perspective. Uh, on that. And then uh, Alice and Jack, uh, Matt, uh, Alan has had to uh, de- uh, depart the podcast because he had some things he had to run to, but Alan and, excuse me, uh, Jack and uh, Alice, have you joined in the discussion? But let's start off by talking about the flip-flopping. It's definitely there. But I like yeah. how we wrote, I like, I like some of the things you're seeing as to the tools, how people are using your tools to get more purchases. Talk about it. Yeah, it's been so interesting to watch. You know, I think for, for years, it was always, you know, Seventy thirty, uh, you know, split of you know, hey, purchase business is is here and refis are here. Obviously, that shifts in a refinance, you know, boom and and market. But uh, you know, over the last eighteen months or so, uh, it was really pretty amazing to see that it was that exact flip flop. I mean, where the refi was so heavy that uh, you know, it was almost concerning, saying, wow just seeing that majority of this business is, is refi. And over the last, I would say, four to five months, it's been really pretty interesting to see how a lot of our uh, clients are utilizing the platform and our technology to say, hey, we know that that's going to adjust and it's going to have to focus back on purchase. And how do we best do that? And how can we be most effective? And uh, I think we all know one of the most effective ways on that purchase is your realtor partners. And I think a lot of those realtor partners may have been, you know, I wouldn't say neglected, but maybe uh, everyone's been so busy that um, didn't focus on that relationship quite as much over the last 18 months. And now we're seeing a real shift where people are really putting that effort and focus into them and uh, making sure those relationships are good so that they can, 
maintain volume levels of what they've been doing, but purchase instead of all refi. So it's been a big challenge for many, many of our uh, industry, whole industry, and <laughs> seeing them. I can't wait to get more into that. But let's go over to Alice. Alice, you got any questions you want to start off with? All right. Well, um, so when you look at um, the – when I was looking at mobility, Ari, it seems so interesting. So I'd love to know what are some of the ways you're seeing the LOs use the, trans, the technology to get into this purchase business? Yeah. So the first thing would be really what we've tried to put in front of all the LOs is their current wallet share with their existing realtor partners. So what we like to do is we basically like pull this and say, all right, loan officer, look at all of your realtor partners. So you might look at your wallet share report and see I have 60 agents that I've closed a deal with in the last year or so. Then it will show you how many deals you close with that realtor. And then next to it, it'll show how many deals your realtor did as a buyer's agent. And then it gives you your percentage of how much of that business are you actually getting. So it's been such an eye-opener for our LOs to look at that and to say, wow, you know, I thought I was getting all of my agents purchase business, and I'm realizing I'm not even getting half of it. And then they're able to dive into that and say, oh, this is where that other purchase business is going. So there's a whole lot more business I can have. And when looking down to the details of that, seeing that sometimes that realtor partner might be sending a certain type of deal, loan uh, size or amount or uh, whatever it may be to maybe a competitor or a different lender. And so having kind of a visual on that and being able to say, wow, my agent must not know that we have this program that can handle these, you know, jumbo deals or these, you know, uh, VA deals, whatever it may be, it's giving the LO the ability to kind of see all that and know that. And then focus in on relationships and say, I'm going to really spend more time communicating with these 10 agents that have a whole lot more business to get that I didn't realize and uh, focus there and make sure that I can take care of them and tell them about all the great things that we can do. So that's been one you know, big part of it. Um, without going too long on this question, you know, some of the other things would be then the co-branded tools we have within the platform that can help those realtor partners. So it's one thing to know which agents you want to talk to, but then it's kind of that next step of how do you then engage with them and how do you um, build on that relationship and make sure that, you know, you're getting that business from your realtor partners. And, you know, a lot of those things would be uh, tools that we have and the integrations with uh, all the different mortgage CRMs out there to then, incorporate single property pages, brochure creators, customized home search apps that generate borrowers for the agent and loan officer. So, again, a lot of details, but uh, you know, those are some of the ways we're seeing the LOs capitalize on that. It's Jeff. Jack? Ben, you know, I, I, I really like the wallet share analysis. Uh, I think that's uh, very helpful in managing uh, a team of LOs and, and trying to keep the uh, focus on the uh, uh, right opportunities in the market. But with that said, are, are, are loan officers, uh, you know, actually using this data or is it, is it 
corporate using the data and then pushing this information out to the mm-hmm. LOs? Yeah, that's a it's a great question, and and we've seen a shift in that. I think initially it was really more on a corporate level of companies coming in, looking at this uh, kind of from the high level and saying, all right, these are all of our realtor partners, and this is where we're at, and let's meet with our LOs and tell them that they should focus here, here, and here. But over the last six months, since we've seen this shift taking place, we've really tried to add those tools that are beneficial for the individual LO to log in and to see this. And what's really pretty cool about it is each LO will now receive alerts and notifications about their realtor partners, and it tracks them and notifies you when they take a new listing so that you can engage with them and gives you those triggers of when you want to have the conversation with those realtor partners of yours. So we've seen it really kind of transition from just corporate only down to the individual LO level, where now the LOs are in there daily and using it as the way to engage with those realtor partners when they see kind of activity and what's going on and seen how effective it's it's been for these LOs to build and maintain those realtor relationships. Building those really realtor relationships are sometimes some of the most difficult things. I mean, I'm thinking about that, the <clears throat> where to go, where to look. And when you're talking about LOs using this data, um, and Jack touched on about is it corporate versus the LOs, and uh, but you are clearly helping LOs. Uh, it seems like you're helping LOs, no matter who's using it. And I want to get some insights. And if you could share some stories, I, I guess one I'm really loving to hear is if you can give us a story, give us some uh, some testimonial of someone you found Absolutely. that a right balance between a corporate and a loan officer. Uh, yeah. Using your- so. Here's kind of what we've seen. So we've seen that uh, a lot of the time a manager will use this to log in, look at all of the LOs maybe in their branch. Now, the LOs in the branch will also have access to this, but the manager may look at it and say, okay, I'm going to have a review with this loan officer, mm-hmm. and I can now see 15 of their realtor partners that they have their foot in the door, but not really the majority at all of the market or wallet share uh, from those agents. So that manager will then sit with that uh, LO and say, okay, let's pull up your MMI wallet share report. Here are the 15 that I've identified as some pretty decent targets for you to start having some conversations with. So now what can we approach these 15 agents with? And that's what uh, we've really focused on is making integrations with all of those Mm -hmm. CRM products out there. Because what we've found is a lot of these CRM products have created some awesome content to relay that messaging to your realtor partners. So, you know, hey, these are our loan programs. Did you know that we can do this? Did you know that we can close this quick, that we can do this, this, and this? Without relaying that helpful information to your realtor partners, it's really not doing you any good. Uh, You have to approach with that right approach. So what we've seen is you identify those 15, you know, 10, 15 agents. You then put them on a specific drip campaign with great content saying, here's why you should work with us on all these kinds of deals. And as that drip campaign starts to happen, these realtors are responding 
to the LO saying, hey, that's awesome. I didn't realize you guys can do that. Or, you know, we have the ability to do this. Uh, that's awesome. I've got a deal. And let me try this. Let me send this one over to you. So we've seen that kind of going from that higher level of, hey, let's meet with our individuals, show them how to do this. And then that individual putting that drip campaign together and seeing the realtor responding to that LO and engaging and sending deals. It's been really uh, very cool to watch. So we've seen that scenario happen over and over again um, with different LOs that really jump in and create the action items and start that communication. What I find really interesting is the, the, the discussion, will the mortgage loan originator go away? And the answer is clearly no. But how the loan originator works with the consumer and, and how they work with the realtor and getting business in the door, that is moving more to the consultative feature. And you touched on that a bit. But what I want to look at is when you start looking at the different ways that new realtor relationships are established, are you seeing any trends there that are significant? Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that's a, a great point that you bring up there. And that is first addressing, will the uh, originator go away? You know, I think there's plenty of uh, things you've seen over the last year where a consumer can jump on and, you know, get a whole lot done uh, really without talking to many people and doing it all online. But that's going to be for a very kind of cookie cutter type of deal where the LO is so valuable when being that consultant and helping that individual with, hey, here's how we can structure it, and here's how we can do this, this, and this, and here's how it will benefit you. I think there are so many people that want and need that uh, as opposed to someone just jumping online and getting a loan real quick. Um, so I think you know that's a huge part for the loan officer. But I think uh, the second part of your question is, how does an LL go and establish a new realtor relationship? Um, that's one of the other things that we've created in here is to help an LO identify mm -hmm. the type of realtor and the type of production they may be doing that they would want to reach out to and have a conversation with. So we've basically put uh, it together to say, look, I want to find all the realtors in this you know, county down to maybe this city specific where I focus as a loan officer and I want to build relationships with these realtors doing this much volume. Maybe they're not the very top producer in my area. Maybe they are kind of that mid-range up and coming. So we let you filter down and identify and find who those realtors are. And then same thing. It's yeah. now that I've identified them in here, I'm going to put together this in my CRM with a different campaign that is, here's what we've done to help other realtors become more successful and to get them to that next level. Mm -hmm. And I think those realtors are appreciative of that because they all want to kind of take it to that next level. And if an LO can explain how they're able to help their clients, how they're able to get loans done, how they're able to be that consultant with their client and help that client accomplish those goals that they want to financially and get into the right home and do it the right way, it creates so much value and uh, really starts that relationship off right. And uh, as we've seen, take care of a realtor and do a really good job for them. Those realtors talk to other realtors in their office and say, you know what, my LO is so great. They did this, this, and this. And 
you know, seeing in the MMI dashboard that we have, your LO can quickly see, hey, he's, here's four other realtors in that agent's office. And then you can ask, could you make an intro to these four other agents? doesn't look like they have a specific loan officer they're using huh? based on yeah. the data in the dashboard. Can you intro me to them? Because I've taken such good care of you. And that's worked really well. Mm, good. That's really good. Alice, let's get over to you. Thanks, Dave. Well, so um, as I'm listening to all this, I'm thinking of, you know, how many loan officers today really do have a large amount of past refinances. Are there ways that they can capture those past clients for purchase activity by using the software? There really is. So what we found is we've been around 13 years. And in some of our co-branded tools and products like the Home Search app and other things like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really have an excellent handle on all the new listings that hit the market. So what we've uh, created and have found it to be really, really effective is what we call a property monitor feature. So what that's going to do for an originator is when they log into their dashboard, they can go into their property monitor section, and it's going to have pulled in automatically every one of their past loans. So we don't pull it from the LOS. We don't need to pull it from you know their CRM. We already have and know all of that and all the deals that a loan officer's done. So they click in there, and they might see, hey, I've done 700 previous loans, and here they all are. What we do is then monitor those every day with new listings that hit the market. So what we're able to do is then notify that loan officer and say, hey, that client of yours that you refinanced a year ago at 123 Elm Street, they just listed their house this morning. So when they see that, um, they're going to be able to reach out to that consumer and say, hey, you know, uh, saw that your home's on the market. hope things are going well. We'd love to chat with you see if we can put things together for whatever it is you're going to purchase next. Most likely, if someone's put their home on the market, they're buying something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, the statistic we're seeing is 70% of those people have not put their loan in place yet. So 70% wow. of people that list their home don't have that next loan lined up and done yet. So it's a huge opportunity to take that past client list and right. get their next purchase when they list. So it's been a great feature to get purchased from your past years. Yeah. yeah I, I, I love the property monitoring. That is, that's really good. That's really good. There's some, it's just another one of the really cool features that you have. Jack, get over to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, just kind of staying on that same frame of topic, a lot of lenders or mortgage originators are working off of credit pull alerts and, and you know, that's certainly yeah. one way to do it, but, you know, what does your system, you know, do to help the originator in this situation, you know, trying to stay yeah. connected with those refi clients? And when is the right time to engage? Yeah, it's an awesome question. And, and I agree, you know, a lot are going off that credit pool. Now, what we're seeing, too, and we're hearing this a lot from LOs and, you know, really from, from everyone is, Credit pool can often trigger a whole lot of phone calls to a borrower. You know, they pull credit, and all of a sudden, four, five, six different lenders are calling them um, saying, hey, let us give you an estimate on this, this, and this. And it really can become frustrating, I think, even to the consumer to say, I just got bombarded with, you know, different lenders now reaching out to me when I did a credit pool. 
I think so many people are monitoring that. Where, you know, with our platform, um, you know, we've focused a little more on that listing trigger saying, hey, look, it's one thing to, you know, pull on the credit, but we've found that on the listing, uh, the huge thing is timing. You know, if you find out that they list their home a week later or 10 days after they've listed it, especially in today's market, it's way mm-hmm. too late. You've missed it. But if you find out within an hour of that home being listed and 70% of those people don't have a loan in place, um, possibly they have not had a credit pull yet, and you're going to be first to that. Now, they've already worked with you too. So it's a much easier conversation with a borrower to say, hey, I have everything in your file. I just need updated pay stubs, a couple minor things, and we can get you all ready to go. We can put together what your proceeds are going to be from here, what we can put into the next, and uh, let's get you going. So we found that to be a much more effective approach and often Mm -hmm. a step before that credit pull um, and uh, a great way to go about it. Yeah, it's really there's some really that's just some of the nuances that you guys have developed in your product that really help originators. Um, Alice, you're looking listening in on this. I'm sure you've got more thoughts rolling around in your wonderful brain, especially being the outstanding uh, person at, at, at Union Home that does so much of the training and directs that. So what are your thoughts on as you listen to this? How this could change the industry and change uh, LO's <coughs> activity? Yeah, I really do think, you know, I I think if I'm an LO uh, or even as a company, I would want to be able to get ahead of that credit pull. You know, as an industry, we keep talking about how to get up the funnel, right, not be after that credit pull because everybody's after that credit pull. Um, so I just wondered, you know, it really does seem like a really unique position. Um, you know, I, can you talk about kind of what you see as the next steps, Um is is there yeah. you know this is all shareable right so we're all getting the same listing trigger if I'm using your service I'd like to understand that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we, we obviously we do you know uh, have a lot of uh, you know lenders and clients utilizing the platform. What's nice is we're monitoring previous loans for each individual you know on the platform. So it's your past client listed today and. You know, here's who you should talk to and, um, you know, when you should reach out. But what we're also trying to do is say, look, that's an awesome, awesome way to get in front of it before the credit pull. But what's the stage before that even? Um, Is it maybe when they start that online search of new homes? You know, they start shopping. What's the consumer get most excited about? It's not getting a loan. It's about finding that next home that they're going to move to. So that really ties back to our original product we came to market with 13 years ago that we continue to enhance, and that is the home search, um, you know, mobility RE product. Yeah. So we're uh, engaging with a couple of vendors right now in some beta that so far are showing some pretty amazing results, and we're excited about it. And what that's basically doing is moving to where the eyeballs are, and that is online, and the consumers are searching from their phone from their desktop, different homes. And so we're placing different ads in social media where all the consumers are to say, here's a cool home in your market. And here's basically um, what you could buy it for and what your payment may look like. And it gets that buyer engaged 
even before they list their home, before they've done a credit poll, before they've done anything. So if we can start pulling that buyer in in that very top of the funnel of starting that home search, then we have all the things behind it. Um, we're finding that it almost gives the lender that uh, you know thing they've always wanted, and that is having that buyer at the very beginning and even at that point referring it back to a realtor partner and saying, hey, I've generated all these online that are looking at homes, and they've done this, this, and this, and I have them approved now. Here you go. Let's find them a home in this neighborhood. So it's uh, we're pretty excited about that, and uh, we think that's kind of where things are heading is – giving that consumer that one-stop shop. You know, I think Alan had such a a cool system that he talked about earlier in this, and that was that Moscow method and the must-haves, the should-haves. And uh, we're seeing right now a lot of these things are must-haves. It's you got to have these tools to be in front of it, to be notified, be aware of what's there, and uh, then – start some action items on it. And uh, we think this home search part of it is uh, definitely one of those to make sure you're ahead of it and uh, capturing that buyer at the top of the funnel. I'm looking at a comment that just came in. I agree with what Alice was saying. I want to just follow on with that comment. The sales phone, trying to get it as far up in that as possible, be the one that's the first there is is just the most critical thing. And you do – that any of us can do in any sales cycle when how to connect with them as soon as possible. What I found really interesting, my daughter was on Pinterest in college and when she was looking at, she was seeing um, uh, how, what home, I mean, how she, when she gets married, dreaming, it's just basically goal setting, dreaming, what my house is going to look like and what kind of thing I like and things like that. And she, you know, highlights the things on Pinterest. And son of a gun, as soon as she graduates from college, guess what? Some people are reaching out to her based on some of her, her likes and things that she has there. Hey, if you're ever ready to buy a home now that you graduate, you got a job, you're ready to buy a home. Or, or when she got married, oh, that, that, that brought on another barrage of things. It's always connecting with people as soon as possible. And I love what you, the tools you have for doing that. One of the things that uh, our list, one of our listeners wrote, and it says, I'm – a customer mobility. I love what they do, um, but he hasn't talked about the best part of the company, and that's his team. So this is a fan. This is a customer, one of our listeners, who says Ben's great, but his team is just amazing. Talk about your team. How do you? Yeah, that, that's a great comment. That's a, thank you, listener, for putting that in. Appreciate it. That is. That is. Hey, uh, you know. Just to make sure that we send that check to uh, to that listener, uh, you know, <laughs> to, uh, uh, for the comment. Now, you know, it, and I'm glad they did make that comment. We've added to our team uh, this last year. We've had uh, pretty incredible growth, and so we have added more and more to our team. Uh, brought some industry um, pros that have you know been around, veterans that uh, you know we are so excited to have uh, you know with us. Um, so, you know, without uh, naming all the names, uh, you know, we've brought on an incredible team to help not only with sales, but also with the onboarding and the growth for our companies and to roll out and train and best practices to really make sure that our clients are getting the engagement from all their users. You know, you hate to buy a technology 
and then see that your you know usage um, is 20%. And we're seeing the flip of that, where it's 80% of people are logging in almost daily, and it's because our team's so good at training and showing the value and why it's effective and how to get results. So huge, uh, you know, kudos to our team for doing such a great job on that. And I'm going to throw one plug in here. <laughs> We're uh, looking to add to that team. Uh, so oh, good. just putting that out. If, uh, you know, uh, there's anyone on sales side or support, anything else, uh, we're growing fast and adding to that team. So, well, Good deal. Couldn't, it's a great employer, great company. Uh, Alice has one more question, she says. So, Alice. Well, hi. As I'm kind of thinking this through, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I love technology. I love to think about kind of how we are getting about our information. So I hope my question's okay to ask. Just kind of checking in to see, you know, how am I getting? So when you're getting my database as a lender, and I've got you, you've got my borrower information, the property information, and the the realtors as as I may have in my database. Are you getting the listing trigger from the property itself? Um, or yeah. through the realtor? Okay. It's a great question. And so here's what we've focused on. And, you know, we talk a lot about this as we're, you know, in this sales cycle, you know, meeting with uh, potential clients. And that is that there's so much data out there, you know, and it's just available, but it's so uh, fragmented. It's coming from so many different sources. So what we've really focused on at MMI is saying, hey, look, we're going to go out there and we're going to gather all of that for you. It's a huge task to do. And once we gather all of it, what we're going to do is then put it into a dashboard in a format that's easy to navigate. It's easy user experience. And we're going to put all the relevant things in front of you of what you're going to want to know and what you're going to need or want to do with it. And so uh, those listing triggers, you know, what we've been able to do is make sure that we're getting those across the country and doing it in the most timely way we possibly can. Um, and what's cool is we'll give you a link to it. You can click, and so many times you'll click right on it. It'll open up a link. You can see it on realtor.com, or you can see it, um, you know, wherever it may be, and often it will show, hey, this thing's been on the market for less than two hours. Um, so we're pulling from a lot of sources, but we make sure that, from all the different sources that we get, it's going to be the most accurate and timely you know, you'd be able to get. And it's been great to see clients use it and look at their own data and validate that and say, hey, this is, this is as good as it gets. So um, it's kind of the way that yeah. we've done it uh, for the long answer. Yep. Well, great, great question, Alice. Uh, I thought um, you look at the complexity of this where you're pulling all the data, how you bring it together. It, it's a – absolute must have and uh, encourage people to reach out to you. So on that note, as we wrap up this podcast interview, we could go on and on. Tell us how people can best connect with you and learn more about your product. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, uh, the best way uh, would be just to go to our website. Um, and uh, that would be MMI.io. So we try to make it nice, short, and easy. So MMI.io. That will take you there. There's a couple of short videos that give you a little uh, overview of what it can do, the ability to even uh, request demos, request more information, um, you know, a lot of uh, things right at your fingertips there. So 
uh, right from there you can communicate with us. It'll have uh, our contact, whether it's support or whether it's uh, an inquiry, you know, learning more about it. So uh, I would go right to mmi.io and uh, you'll have everything you need. Perfect. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate your sponsorship, number one. Appreciate, more importantly, the outstanding product you have for many um, for many in the industry. It should be for everybody in the industry. And I hope, as a result, people will uh, go to the website and follow up on it. Appreciate you so much. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's always great to be uh, on here with you guys. And happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and, uh, again, thank you guys. You bet. So good to have you here. We're excited to have joining us next week, Joe Roas, uh, who's Red Sapiens. I'm really excited. I met this guy, and I, this guy has so much energy, and I'm really looking forward to having him on, talking about uh, its coaching. It's so much about business development. Joe is just one of those magnetic personalities, and you're going to enjoy the interview. Uh, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors as we exit out here. Finastra, CMLA, Lenders One, Accelerate Mobility, MMI, Modex, um, uh, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDocs, Success Kit, and LTK, Lender Toolkit, my friend, good friend, Brett Emler. Thank you all for listening. Share this podcast with others. Wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.